the undraftedfreeagent.com mid-major podcast with your host, Chris McKee. There's Samuel with the steal. Get your phones out. Tyree Samuel posterizes Alex Nawaga. Come on now. Lugans. Dort. Oh, my. Brzdikas with another steal. Spots up for three this time and drains it. Ignis Brzdikas. Electric first step. Blows by everyone. Kobe Elvis. He's got them all shook up. Keyshawn for three. And there it is. Keyshawn Bartholomew. You don't want to let him heat up. All day, Kyler Filowich. They can't stop him. Moncrief! Sneaks in the back door, hammers it down. Matthew Alexander Moncrief. Ooh! Welcome on DraftedFreeAgent.com, mid-major podcast. I'm your host, Chris McKee. It is Wednesday, February 9th, 2022. As usual on the podcast, we start off with the mid-major teams that are ranked in the AP Top 25. Gonzaga is still number two in the poll, but expect them to jump back to number one because last night, Auburn, who was the number one team, lost to Arkansas 80-76. I watched a good chunk of that game. Arkansas fans storming the court after. You got Eric Musselman bugging out, doing some fist pumps, so it was cool to see. But uh, the Zags should slide back into the number one spot. After two easy wins, just rolled through San Diego on Thursday night, 92-62. In that game, you had Chet Holgram with 23 points, 12 rebounds. Andrew Nemhart with 14 points. Drew Timmy with 13 and 8 rebounds. And six different Gonzaga players in double figures. I mean, it wasn't even a game. Speaking of not even a game, the game against Saturday, as predicted here, I said Gonzaga will absolutely destroy BYU. And they did. It wasn't even a game. It was at 90-57 Saturday night. I watched, well, the first half and about the first three minutes of the second half because by that point, you know, Drew Timmy and Chet Holgram were sitting over drinking Gatorade. And, uh, you know, you were seeing all the young kids get in for the Zags. It was just an obliteration. So on Saturday, Chet again with another 20 points, 17 rebounds. So this past week, Chet Holgram was the West Coast Conference Freshman of the Week. And the player of the week. So absolutely dominant. Huge in, in both wins over San Diego and BYU. You also had Julian Strother with 19 points in the win over BYU. Andrew Nemhart with 15. And five different Zags in double figures. So next up for the Zags tomorrow night. They play Pacific, which is a pretty decent team. Um, expect them to give them a little bit of a run. And then Saturday night, St. Mary's, they'll run over both those teams. So... I talked about this, you know, last week's pod and, and the past two weeks. You know, there's been this discussion about BYU being an at-large and St. Mary's. And I have called them both painfully average college basketball teams, really well coached. You know, obviously Mark Pope at BYU, an excellent coach. And Randy Bennett at St. Mary's, an outstanding coach. You know, one of the best in college basketball. But they don't have the horses. They're not as good as years past. So, you know, my prediction's coming true. I hate to be I told you so guy, but I told you so. BYU has lost four in a row. Not a very good team. And so including that, you know, absolute obliteration by Gonzaga on Saturday. And so here is head coach Mark Pope with his uh, not-so-happy post-game comments. Coach, obviously Gonzaga is, uh, you know, an upper echelon team. But <clears throat> they're the best team in the country. Best team in the country. So, um, so they're really, really upper echelon. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is that when, when you think about this stretch of four games, yep. what, what does it kind of tell you about, you know, where this team is right now? Well, we're, we're doubting and we're wondering a lot. We, we need to get better. Um, we're, um, we're really being tested. And, um, and, um, 
you know, we, we, we're going to have to find some, we're going to have to find some new creative answers. And, um, you know, it's, it's a little bit of a, you know, we need to, um, we got to reinvent ourselves a little bit. Um, we, we can do some good things. We have good players. We just have to, you know, we're going to have to, we're going to have to try and find a little bit better way to do it. So, yeah, expect uh, the Zags to just comfortably roll through the rest of the West Coast Conference and now appear to be, you know, headed for a definite number one seed in March Madness. And they may be the number one seed overall the way they're playing and with the lack of competition in the West Coast Conference. So speaking of lack of competition, St. Mary's Gales, also from the West Coast Conference, were ranked this week. They were number 22 in the AP Top 25 and I know they'd had a pretty good winning streak going, but they're running over cupcakes. It's not a very good team. Uh, I didn't prove that last night. I watched the entire game against Santa Clara, where Santa Clara beat them 77-72, thus proving my point. Hey, Santa Clara, not a bad team. If there's you know any team in the West Coast that maybe could get them right now, the way they're playing Santa Clara, you know, was to show love to my Canadians. And so um, that's probably your best option right now of who's going to get them. I thought I saw San Francisco lost this week as well, I think to Portland. And so, you know, the West Coast Conference is down. Been saying it all year long. They're not as good as they were last year or the year before or, or at any point in the past decade. The Zags just have no competition. So one mid-major that I've been screaming to the heavens about that should be ranked finally enters the AP Top 25 this week. Murray State ranked number 23. So shout out to Matt McMahon and, and his squad. They're doing some excellent things this year. So they're 22-2 and two right now. They're as good a program as you'll see in college basketball. I believe they're a top 15 team right now. I'm not saying overall, uh, but certainly deserving to be ranked. And they've got Tennessee State next uh, I think that's tonight or tomorrow, so they should get through them comfortably and get to 23-2. and two. And then, you know, their real matchup is going to be Moorhead. Uh, maybe Belmont gives them a game in the Ohio Valley Conference, so we'll see. But the way things are going right now, expect to see Murray stay in March Madness because even if they don't win the OVC, I believe they've done enough as of right now to get an at-large bid. So another team that should be ranked in the AP Top 25 right now, because I've been on the Murray State train for the past couple weeks, and they finally got in, so now it's my turn to help the Toledo Rockets enter the AP Top 25. This is a damn good basketball team. So I watched a bit of the game last night. I talked about how good the Ohio Bobcats are you know, in the MAC, and Toledo just absolutely destroyed them last night. 77-62, watched a bit of the game, so Toledo now improves to 19-5. Ryan Rollins... Should be the MAC Player of the Year this year. Right now, it's going to be between him and Mark Sears. And also my guy, Keyshawn Saunders, one of the kids I did play-by-play for a couple years of his high school. Got to know him and his father, Richard, pretty well. So always show love to my Toledo Rockets. They sure as hell should be ranked. And so watch out for them in the MAC, you know, in the next couple of weeks. But the MAC, you know, to really get conference, they'll cannibalize each other. You know, Akron can give them a game. Ball State can give them a game as... As we've seen, and so not a guarantee. It's not as certain as how good Murray State is going through the OVC, but you know, expect to see Toledo in March Madness in the coming weeks. So another one of the mid-majors you can expect to see in the AP Top 25, if not come Monday, definitely in the next week or so, the Wyoming Cowboys. So they're now up to 20-3 and three in the Mountain West. This is a damn good team. Watched a bit of the game last night. They beat Utah State. And this was a tough matchup for them. Their guy Maldonado, Hunter Maldonado, who's one of their best players, 
You know, I believe he got went out of the game pretty early with an injury, and then their head coach, Jeff Linder, gets tossed early. So that was a real gutsy win for them last night to kind of pull through and, and beat a damn good Utah State team. And so now 20-3, and three, so they've proven even without their best player and without their coach, they can get W. So that's a gutsy team. Watch out for them. You know, if they can manage to win the Mountain West, I believe the Mountain West should have at least three teams in March Madness, if not four. But uh, if you get into March Madness and you're matched up with Wyoming, good luck. Now, for right now, I can probably see Wyoming maybe as one of those 8-9 seats. Um, you know, I, I can't see them being any lower than that because it's a damn good basketball team. So uh, you, you're not going to want to run into them. anyone from the Mountain West. It's an outstanding conference. It's the best mid-major conference in college basketball this year and probably last year. And so, um, yeah, expect to see Wyoming in March Madness. Another team from the Mountain West, Colorado State, 18-3. They beat Nevada last night, 82-72. Watched a little bit of that game. That was one of the late-night games. I think one of the 11 o'clock games. So I did catch a bit of it before uh, the beer kicked in and, and I had to shut it down. So a couple teams you should see in March Madness right there from the Mountain West. So some other mid-major news, and I thought this was a bit of a Bush League move. So the University of Illinois Chicago announced last week that they will be leaving the Horizon League and joining the Missouri Valley Conference. And so today, the Horizon League announced that University of Illinois Chicago will not be eligible for postseason play in men's and women's basketball and any other, I guess, remaining sports this year. Bush League move. So you're punishing the kids. Look, the kids didn't make this decision to leave. They're out there playing. This is the university brass. And so to punish the men and women on both UIC's basketball teams, you know, from potentially playing in the postseason. I think it's gutless. It's just, I don't know. It's just, um, it's just so petty. So shame on you, Horizon League, for pulling a gutless move. Another team entering the Ohio Valley this year, because they've got an exodus, Belmont's leaving, Murray State's leaving. So they will add Southern Indiana, which is a new program that's coming up from Division Two. And I believe they're also in Evansville, Indiana. And so you're going to have two college basketball teams in Evansville, which, hey, I mean, Indiana, hotbed uh, for recruiting. But um, either way, you'll see a new addition to the OVC next year. So normally I do the under-the-radar player watch, but uh, instead I'm going to do the performers of the week this week. I mean, you could call them under-the-radar guys, but they're not necessarily that because they're both pretty well-known. So Jordan Jelly Walker on UAB had 42 points in the win over Middle Tennessee. That's a UAB school record. I mean, I watched a couple minutes of that game because I've been keeping an eye on UAB. It's a damn good team in Conference USA. You probably don't want to run into them come March. Now, Conference USA, another one of those conferences that is so balanced top to bottom, so it's not a guarantee they're going to get in. And I also believe that they could be a two-bid league, not certain yet, but um, either way, watch out for UAB. So Jordan Jelly Walker, a 5'11 junior guard. He started off his career at Seton Hall, played one season there before he transferred to Tulane, where he played two seasons down in Louisiana at Tulane. Last year, he was second in the American Athletic Conference with 4.3 assists. So the dude can play. He played 53 games for Tulane, in starting, including starting all 23 games last year. So the guy was outstanding. 42 points in the win over Middle Tennessee, and Middle Tennessee is a pretty good team this season. Another performer of the week also had 42 on the same night for New Mexico, Jalen House. So we had 42 in the win for the Lobos over Air Force. I didn't catch any of it. I did see the highlights. But uh, Jalen House, six-foot junior guard. He's an Arizona State transfer. 
He played two years at Arizona State. His dad, Eddie House, is the Sun Devils' all-time leading scorer. Also spent 11 seasons in the NBA. So, bit of a shocker that, you know, Jalen leaves the program considering, you know, the name House is Arizona Sun Devils' royalty. But uh, managed to, you know, head over to New Mexico with Richard Patino, who's got a boatload of high major transfers. Obviously, he's got Jamal Mashburn Jr., who came with him from Minnesota. Richard Pertino was Minnesota's head coach the last couple of years, got canned, went to New Mexico. They're only 9-14 this year, which is a little surprising. Now, hey, give you know Pertino a little bit of time because he certainly brought in some, some excellent players. Mentioned, you know, Arizona State transfer. Also, my guy Taron Todd is a Canadian, played last year, the first two years at TCU. He's a kid that I called a couple of his high school games up here in Canada when he was with Vaughn Secondary, which is also the school that Andrew Wiggins went to. And then Taron transferred to, uh, what's that? Bella Vista Prep, I believe it is, or one of those big Arizona prep schools before he went to TCU. So expect to see bigger things from New Mexico next year under Patino. But uh, Jalen Houseman getting it done. Hopefully he sticks around and he's not one of these, I'm going to transfer to seven more schools because uh looks like he's doing some pretty good things at New Mexico. Also want to chat some Missouri Valley Conference, the MVC, one of the tighter races right now in college hoops. So you got a couple teams at the top. Obviously, Loyola Chicago, who was ranked in the AP Top 25 uh, about two weeks ago, but then they lost back-to-back -back games. You got Drake, who's you know always really good, but they've been dealing with some injury issues. Tank Hamphill is one of their best players, has been suffering with injuries all season. So hopefully he can get healthy towards March. You got uh, Northern Iowa, who's back to their usual self, playing really well. Missouri State and Bradley. So all of those teams, all five of those teams in a bit of a bunch right at the top. And it, right now it's anyone's game. It's, it, you know, the MVC completely wide open. I mentioned Northern Iowa. They've won four in a row. I had the chance to chat with their head coach, Ben Jacobson, just talking about the momentum they've got going right now. That's what he had to say. Look, Ben, you know, momentum is a powerful thing. And I think at this point in the season, you can almost kind of touch it and feel it. Just talk about the mood around your team and your players, the way you guys are playing over the past couple of weeks. Yeah, we, we, we felt like going into the game against Drake that we had played our best three halves in a row. Uh, first half against Illinois State was uh, uh, neither team, both teams had a lot of good opportunities and neither team made any shots. So it's a low scoring game at halftime. Uh, but we played a really good second half. Uh, you know, Bradley came in here having won four in a row. Uh, we played one of our best games of the year against Bradley and had a great run in the second half of that. And then, uh, you know, feel like the, you know, the Drake game, we, you know, we, we competed really hard. Right? Uh, both teams did, uh, but I, I liked our competitiveness in, in that game. So I you know, feel like we're on, you know, kind of two and a half games here where we're playing some of our best basketball. And, you know, and our guys, you know, you can feel it at practice. You know, our, our guys are you know, one of the things, one of the areas where we've needed to improve is our communication, uh, whether that be in transition defense, whether that be in the half court, uh, you know, when we huddle up like that, and, and you're starting to feel that more and more now over the last kind of week to 10 days um, as we've picked up a little bit of steam. And I, I think the other thing that's that's happened for our team and, Antoine came back this morning. He was able to be back in the gym yesterday, but he came back this morning. The health of our team has gotten a lot better um, since we, you know, really since uh, probably a week after, uh, you know, let's say January 10th. Okay. Um, after we got back from Hawaii, the, the health of this group 
just continued to get better and better and better. Obviously, AJ had a missed a week with COVID. Um, Antoine's coming off a week with COVID, but uh, other than that, we've been really healthy, and that's been a part of it as well. In terms of picking up some confidence, in terms of picking up some momentum, uh, that that's been a big deal for us. So there's Northern Iowa head coach Ben Jacobson. That's me chatting with him on the weekly MVC coaches call. Always enjoy doing that. So you know Northern Iowa, one of those teams last year, injury problems. I think their best player went down injured in like the first game, and a couple other guys out. So they really struggled last year. But that's one of those teams that we've seen, you know, in March Madness over the past decade, one of the better mid-major programs. So Ben Jacobson looks to have you and I back on track. So also. They've got a huge game coming up Sunday against Loyola Chicago, which is going to be really key to decide who wins the well the regular season MVC championship. I don't think it's too huge in that once we get to conference tournament, you know, whoever wins Sunday could definitely beat the other team, you know, come March in, in the MVC tournament. But uh, spoke to Drew Valentine. You know, he had those two back-to-back -back losses after being ranked, and then finally had a really tough matchup against Missouri State. I watched that entire game. And uh, just felt like a bit of an exhale. And these were Drew's comments. Drew, back-to-back -back losses last week. And then I watched the entire game against Missouri State. Sig significant portions of the game you guys are trailing. How much of an exhale for you and your guys after finally getting that win? Um, you know, it's it's definitely um, always, you know, greater to come out with the win. Um, but, like, I think, you know, our, our group is as resilient of, as, a, as a team as there is. Um, you know, we've had so many different ups and downs in different games throughout the season, um, you know, going all the way back to the beginning of the season when, you know, we were, you know, I think about like Florida Gulf Coast, UIC, some of our non-con games, uh, Michigan State game, um, Auburn game, DePaul. I mean, so many different games, Arizona State. I mean, pretty much every game we've played this year, we've been through some adversity. And the fact that our guys have experienced that before in college, um, you know, and they're, they're an older group. I think that just helps us when we get in those situations. But um, I don't think, you know, I thought during the Drake, the Drake game, I thought, you know, I guess four games in eight days, I thought that was the one time this year where I thought our group kind of looked defeated uh, when we were down. But other than that, we've had a really good mentality, even though we might not be winning at all times. So I started Drew off with a bit of a softball question there because I know I really wanted to ask him, about the Brian Flores situation, you know, having chatted with Drew a couple times in some recent pods, I thought, you know, he'll, he'll probably want to answer this question. For those unfamiliar, Brian Flores, the Miami Dolphins head coach, well, now ex-head coach, who was fired, and he's now filing a lawsuit uh, against the NFL, alleging basically discrimination and uh, basically challenging their hiring of black coaches. And so I wanted to ask Drew his thoughts on that. I gave him an out, so you don't have to answer it, but... Uh, gave me an excellent answer. These are his thoughts on the lack of blackhead coaches in college basketball as well. And secondly, you don't have to answer this question, but um, I think it certainly applies to college basketball. When you see what's happening with Brian, uh, Brian Flores and the NFL and his lawsuit, just your thoughts on that. And because I, I do believe, I mean, the same issue does apply to college basketball, the lack of black coaches. Yeah, it 100% does. And, you know, I thought you know, this past year, I thought that there was a, a major uh, emphasis from athletic directors, from search firms on trying to hire, you know, black coaches. I mean, you know, some of my friends, whether it's, you know, Kim English, Jordan Mincy, um, around the country, 
um, you know, Rashawn Breno here at Northern Illinois in the, in the area. I mean, there's, it seems like, you know, college basketball is, you know, trying to get ahead of it. Um, there was an emphasis, Ben Johnson at, at Minnesota. I mean, I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. Um, but it, there, there needs to be changes. There's so many talented coaches. I mean, um, you know, it is what it is. A lot of the times the minority coaches on coaching staffs are known for just the guys that have relationships or guys, you know, with the players or development guys or recruiters, not necessarily guys that can be CEOs or um, X and O guys or, or faces of programs. And so um, we just got to be given more opportunities. And, you know, that's part of the reason why I put so much pressure on myself as a young black coach is, you know, if I can have success, if I can, you know, show, um, I guess, NCAA or college basketball or different ADs around the country that you can be successful with a young black coach leading your program, then that might give an opportunity to the next guy. And so, um, you know, uh, there definitely needs to be changes. And I mean, you're seeing it right now in the NFL, just since, you know, Brian Flores came out um, with his lawsuit, more guys are getting interviews, you know, in the NFL, even this week. And so I'm really, Really proud of that he's taking a stance and, and, you know, standing up for what he believes in. So there's Drew Valentine, the Loyola Chicago head coach, certainly going to be in the mix in Arch Madness in the next couple of weeks. So one team everybody needs to be aware of right now, because if I ask you who has the longest winning streak in college basketball, you know, what are you going to say? I don't know, Kansas. What? No, it's Wagner, the Wagner Seahawks. The next question is, where is Wagner located? Well, the answer is Staten Island, New York. How do I know this? Well, Staten Island, the home of the Wu-Tang Clan. So for those unfamiliar that just listen to me think, you know, I only talk college basketball. So prior to working in the media, I was a music agent for 25 years, producing concert tours for dozens of Grammy and Juno winning bands. Obviously, I'm up here in Toronto and we have a huge hip hop scene, obviously Drake and 100 other guys coming out of here right now. But I was an agent, a concert promoter, and one of the bands I worked with very closely is the Wu-Tang Clan. I was the Wu-Tang Clan's agent for well over 10 years, about 12 years. I wrote a book. It's called Life on the Road with the Wu-Tang Clan. So if anyone knows anything about Staten Island, it's certainly me because I've been on tour buses and hotel rooms with uh, most of the members of the Wu-Tang. And so Staten Island, home of Wagner. Wagner 16-2 right now. Nation's longest winning streak with 15 in a row. You can go check out my article on undraftedfreeagent.com. I wrote this week about them. So what's more fitting than Wagner being in Staten Island, then they have a guy named Raekwon. Raekwon Rogers is on the team. For those unfamiliar, Raekwon is one of the members of the Wu-Tang Clan. And so they got a guy with the same name. And I wonder, I mean, there's a couple guys named Ra Raekwon McMillan uh, on the Miami Dolphins. And I'm pretty sure because these guys are around 21 years old, which the Wu-Tang Clan's been around, you know, 25 years or so. So you got to think their parents were influenced by the Wu-Tang. And so because I'd never heard of anyone named Raekwon growing up in the 80s and 90s, and now they're all of a sudden they're starting to pop out. So Raekwon Rogers on Wagner, I watched their entire game a couple weeks ago. My son and I sat down, we're flipping through, and I'm like, I want to watch some Wagner versus Bryant. Watch the entire game, went to overtime, outstanding game. Wagner pulls it out. So if you're not, for those unfamiliar, Wagner's leading scorer, Alex Morales, he's got 17.8 points per game, which is fourth in the Northeast Conference, which is where they compete. Uh, he was the Northeast Player of the Year last year, first team all-conference as well. Really nice player. And this is a men's team. i, I got to give a shout-out to one of my guys, Jabril Price-Noel. It's a kid that transferred out of Pacific. He was playing under Damon Stoudemire out there. It's a kid from Scarborough, Ontario, which is my hometown. 
And uh, I think he was injured or either academically ineligible because he didn't play the first half of the season. He just started playing in January. So Wagner, man, it's a man's team. It's a really good team. I mean, if you told me, you know, at the start of the season, uh, Wagner's going to be one of the most surprising teams and they're going to be really fun to watch and they are a tough team, I would have been, yeah, right, whatever. But hey, man, you got to go check them out. Bashir Mason is their head coach. Been there. He's in his 10th season. And I believe when he was hired, he was the youngest head coach in college basketball. So he's now built this program into something really good. I mean, they're undefeated in conference play right now. I can't see anyone getting on. Well, you know, obviously Bryant's going to give them a go. I, I watched that whole overtime game. But um, expect to see the Wagner Seahawks in March Madness. They're a sneaky good team. So I got to wrap this up because uh, I want to go get my run in and then try to edit this pod. And then I got to head up to Orangeville which is about a 90-minute drive from where, I'm at, from where I'm at, doing the play-by-play tonight for Orangeville Prep versus Royal Crown. These are two of the top five prep teams in Canada. So, you know, for you Americans, I mean, this is Montverde versus IMG tonight. This is big time. They're, you know, we're, we're probably talking eight, nine Division One players on the, on the floor tonight, maybe more. Uh, I've got word that there's going to be some big-time head coaches flying into Toronto to come check out this game tonight. So hopefully while I'm there, I try to get some guys for some interviews if there's any assistant coaches and uh, use that for the pod. But I uh, now here's the deal. You know, I've been Orangeville's play-by-play guy for five years. I've never seen them lose a home game up there. Tonight is the first time. They legitimately have a chance to lose. Royal Crown beat them back on December 15th. Um, they've got a couple, they got like NBA prospects on their team. Two guys from Guinea in Africa that just moved to Canada to play. So uh, you'll be watching out for them. So anyways, really excited about that because normally the games I call up at Orangeville are complete blowouts. And this one is going to be a game. And uh, Orangeville's you know, first possibility of losing tonight. So thanks for listening. Of course, drop me a line on Twitter at Mr. McKee. Check out the website, undraftedfreeagent.com. Please subscribe to our, our socials. They're actually growing, getting a few more people adding on the Twitter. That's a slow grind, undrafted underscore FA. But the Instagram definitely growing as well. It's the same address. So hit us up, and uh, hopefully in the next week or so, I'll have some coach interviews, and it's not just me chatting. The undraftedfreeagent.com mid-major podcast with your host, Chris McKee. There's Samuel with the steal. Get your phones out. Tyree Samuel posterizes Alex Nawaga. Come on now. Lugans. Dort. Oh, my. Brzdikas with another steal. Spots up for three this time and drains it. Ignis Brzdikas. Electric first step. Blows by everyone. Kobe Elvis. He's got them all shook up. Keyshawn for three. And there it is. Keyshawn Bartholomew. You don't want to let him heat up. All day, Kyler Filowicz. They can't stop him. Moncrief! Sneaks in the back door, hammers it down. Matthew Alexander Moncrief. Ooh!